Hi, Raphael Bender here, founder of Breathe Education, and you're listening to the Pilates Elephants podcast. There are many things that are awesome about the Pilates industry. However, many of the practices that we take for granted are out of date, illogical, or just plain pseudoscientific. These are the elephants in the room, and I'm here to talk about them openly and honestly, and with a couple of F-bombs thrown in for good measure. Pilates Elephants is about debunking the myths and giving you science-based tools to become a better, happier, and more fearless teacher who really fucking knows your stuff. Okay, welcome Pilates Elephantites. Great to, great to be with you again. Um, one of the things that we talk about fairly regularly on Pilates Elephants is business and making money. And one of the reasons I'm so fired up about that topic, which is what we're going to be talking about today, is that I just think, I see the Pilates industry is so struggling for so many reasons because we don't have good business models and we don't have good systems around making money and more importantly, keeping the money that we make. And when we don't have enough money in our business, we can't pay instructors well, and that causes friction. We can't pay people to do the things that we don't like doing, like our bookwork and our admin and our cleaning and stuff. And so we end up being the chief cook and bottle washer, working all hours of the day, paying peanuts, getting monkeys. No one's happy. We can fix it. There's a lot better ways to do things. Uh, and so this is I'm, this is why I'm really excited about today's conversation with my longtime friend, Jean Campbell. Um, Jean is uh, not a Pilates teacher. She's a yoga teacher, and she has developed an intriguing business model for a yoga business that is uh, easily applicable for a Pilates business. Now, um, Jean's model, which she spent the last two decades or more perfecting, is it's a solo business model. It's for people who don't want to have a studio with employees um, and for people who are entrepreneurial, or more accurately, solopreneurial. So this is a, this is a we're talking, we're going to give you a blueprint today of how to create a low cost solo business that will enable you to make very good money with almost no overhead or setup cost uh, that you can set your own hours, as many hours, as few hours as you want. Um, and even better, Jean's developed, uh, because she's a yoga teacher, she also teaches teaches yoga teachers, so she runs teacher trainings, and uh, she has developed versions of the model for both online and brick-and-mortar businesses for her students. So um, Jean doesn't teach business or run business training or offer business coaching. She has nothing to sell you unless you're interested in yoga teacher training or yoga classes. Um and so, yeah, this is just a really exciting conversation. Um, Jane and I were just talking on the phone yesterday and she was telling me about this and I was like, oh, you've got to come on the show and share this with uh, all of our Pilates listeners. So um, I've asked Jane on the show to share her exact process and she's agreed. So basically, if you're out there and this strikes a chord with you, you can copy her model and build your own highly profitable solo business starting right now. So, Jane, Hey. Hi. <laughs> Thank you, Raf. <laughs> sounds very good. <laughs> yeah, it sounds freaking awesome. Um, I'm fired up about this topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I mean, tell, first, uh, let's start by just introducing you. Um, yeah. How would you like to introduce yourself? Who are you? And what's your sort of history as a movement, you know, movement teacher and an entrepreneur? 
Um, okay, so I've been teaching yoga for about 27 years and um, I've over that time initially I worked for other people. I've also had my own studio twice in different cities and um, I also train yoga teachers and I teach overseas. So I've been teaching overseas since about 2003 in Europe and um, Asia and specifically in the last 14 years I've been teaching in China a lot but obviously not for the last two years so and I specialize in anatomy as well with the um, teacher trainings so that's kind of my background and a little known fact that um, breathe education actually got our start in life in 2016 in the kitchen of your yoga studio in Hawthorne Melbourne Australia so thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I remember that. That's cool. There were three or four mm. of us just sitting around your kitchen table. Yeah. Mm, um, mm. All right. So, so, to, so you've worked for other people. You know, you've worked as a like a paid instructor in other people's you know, yoga teacher in other people's studios. You've had your own brick and mortar studios, a couple of different places in Australia. You had one in Newcastle, which is north of Sydney, and you had one in Melbourne here in Hawthorne. Uh, and currently, and you've also t- done teacher trainings, which you did. Uh, in person at your, did you do in-person trainings at your studio here in Melbourne? I remember that you did. I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. I Pretty much whenever I've owned a studio, I've run teacher trainings at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and mm-hmm. so for the last sort of decade and a half or more, you've been uh, flying to Europe and Asia to do teacher trainings, and particularly you've been teaching the anatomy component of yoga teacher trainings. Yeah, anatomy and asana, and I'm just kind of I'm part of a team. There's like usually three of us teaching, and I'm just one part of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, what what do you what what's your business now? So now I've moved again. I'm living in Sydney, and um, and basically I wanted to leave behind the yoga studio model because I've been doing that for a long time. And so now I'm just working from home, actually, online classes. And I have also an online anatomy course that I've had for a couple of years. And, yeah, so I'm just teaching fully online at the moment. And I'm intending next year to be going back to China once we're allowed in and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't, don't eat any bats. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> so, all right, so online business, online class, you know, I imagine, you know, a lot of people listening going, yeah, so, you know, what's so special about that? Like every every person, their dog's doing that. So mm-hmm. tell, tell us about your online business. So at the moment what I'm doing is I'm offering because, – because I've been teaching for a long time and my specialty is essentially um, – the type of yoga I'm teaching, it's not me leading a class and instructing every movement. I teach self-practice. So I design sequences for people. Um, they practice it in front of me. So even if it's a group class, they there'll be, say, you know, 10 different people practicing 10 different sequences. And so that's how I used to teach in person. And that's also how I'm teaching online. So I'm really, I'm teaching people who want to do self-practice. So the current model I've got is say, for example, somebody might sign up for 12 weeks to practice every Monday night, their personal sequence, and they do privates as well so that we can create that sequence. And then I expect them to practice at home a couple of times a week on top of that. And so I basically have two of those classes a week, about 15 people at the moment. And um, 
it's a lot less hours and I get to keep all of the money because I'm not paying rent. Obviously, you've got, you know, uh, online costs, but it's it's very nice because it's um, not a lot of extra work outside of the hours that you're actually teaching. Right. So you've got a model where you, you're teaching two group classes and those group classes, you don't do any programming for them because the each student, each client is doing their own sequence, which they do the same sequence every week, right? So I come back next Monday, I'm I'm learning to perfect a specific set of moves that you've programmed for me based on the reasons that I came to see, right? So maybe I had a sore leg or I wanted to improve my backbends or whatever. And so you've you've programmed a, a sequence for me that's going to achieve that goal for me. Is that correct? Exactly. So I ask them what their goals are in the, in the private and then we design a sequence. So sometimes it's injury, sometimes it's I just want to get better at this or I want my legs to be stronger or something like that. And then as they progress over the course, we have another private and then we adapt the sequence. So we're kind of just constantly adapting it right. depending on how they're improving or, or if they have new goals that they suddenly decide they want. Okay, so I come and see you, I sign up for 12 weeks, I get 12 weeks of group classes once a week on a Monday or whatever particular day, but it's always the mm. same, you know, so I'm signing up for a specific day and time, every, the same okay. same day and time every week, and then I get two privates, one is at the start, and that is to kind of do some, understand what my goals are and give me a sequence and, you know, tell me mm-hmm. the rules and whatever, and then another, I get another private like halfway through or something like that. That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and sorry, so, keep going. so, all right. And so, and so how, how many on an average week, you know, if we sort of average that over the last four weeks, say like how many you're teaching true group classes. So that's like their 90 minute classes, are they? That's right. Yeah. And then, and so how many privates do you teach on an average week? Uh, well, as part of that, they do a 12 week course and they get two privates. So I've got 15 people. So I might have weeks where I teach no privates because I've kind of got them doing it at week one and week six. That's when they have their privates, you know, at the start of the course, halfway through the course. So I might have whole weeks where I have no privates and then I have a whole lot, which are on covered over two days. So I'd say on average, if you averaged it out, it's like two privates a week or something like that. Okay, and and, three, yeah. and that's because you've chosen not to have more than that, right? You could run a lot more privates. Yeah, I actually don't take privates at the moment because I have other things that I'm working on, like my anatomy course, and I'm helping someone in China as well with a teacher training. So I'm kind of very much limiting um, the extra privates. I'm not advertising for privates. I've taken that off my website. But if I put it on, I could definitely get extra privates on top uh-huh. of that. Right. And, and so how much do the do your students pay for that 12-week course? Well, they pay – It's the maths is it's $15 a class for 12 weeks. That's for the group classes. I'm just breaking it up. And then they pay um, for two 30-minute sessions. So I charge $80 an hour for my online privates. Mm-hmm. So all up, it's $260. And the reason I only charge 15 which sounds quite cheap, is because basically most people will miss one or two classes. And so in the end, it kind of comes down to about $20 because I don't allow them to roll over their classes once the 12 weeks is up. The money's gone. They don't. Uh-huh. They can't keep 
handing it over. So that's why I've kind of kept it pretty reasonably priced uh-huh. in that way. So you get uh, two hundred thirty dollars. So let me let's just work through the math here. Yeah. So two sixty two hundred sixty dollars mm-hmm. uh, from each student, and that's for three months. And yes. you've got fifteen students at the moment. So that's right. Just uh, quickly doing some calculations, 15 times 260 equals $3,900 divided by 12 weeks equals $325 a week. Yes. And so on an average week, you're teaching two 90-minute classes and two Mm -hmm. 30-minute privates. Yeah, that's right. So that is a total of two and a half hours work per week. Yeah. And then how much, and that's, and so how much extra work would you say there is in like administration and, you know, all the rest of it? It's about four hours a week. Um, Admin, it was just set up. It was setting up the, setting up, you know, making sure I've got the website right Mm -hmm. um, for people to book. So it's just set up time. So Mm -hmm. maybe it took me, you know, five hours to set up that I have a booking system that I pay for that, you know, that I subscribe to. And Mm -hmm. so, um, that, so it's just the setup is what I'd say. Once it's running, there's nothing. It might take you five hours, 10 hours if you're not good at it, but it's done. Once it's done, it's done. And then it just keeps rolling over every three months. Right. So you're saying that you've got very minimal admin, you know, time each week. You're just spending four hours basically teaching classes and clients yeah completely my set my time that i spend is at the beginning of the 12 weeks so once every three months you know i might have to book them in you know they do all their booking of their classes i'd set the times mm-hmm. so it's pretty much once you've got it going you might have to spend like two hours once every three months kind of getting uh-huh. everything going sending some emails it's time to you know for the next 12 week right mm-hmm. and and so basically you're making 325 dollars in four hours work so that is $81.25 an hour. Yes. And, and then you've got some costs, like you've got your booking system and, you know, Zoom subscription and whatever. So, you know, roughly kind of sort of of that, of that $81, how, you know, how much do you keep? Um, it's a bit complicated because I kind of put all my costs because I've got the online anatomy course and all of that. So I just have general running costs from being uh-huh. a yoga teacher. Uh-huh. So, you know, let's say if I didn't have the anatomy and stuff, it might cost me a thousand dollars a year to just be sitting here doing that, something right. like that. So that's, that's 20 bucks a week. Mm-mm. So that's bugger all, basically. <laughs> it's when, not much. If you're it's making three hundred and what do we say, three hundred and twenty-five dollars a week or something like that? What do we say times? Yeah, four. I think so. Yeah, three hundred twenty-five dollars a week, and so twenty of those dollars <laughs> are overhead, and the yeah. other three hundred and five yeah. go in your pocket. That's right. It's magic <laughs> compared to owning a massive studio and all the hours and time that you put into that. Right, it's, and, um, and and, yeah. and and how. Easy. You said it would, you know, you're not taking private clients. So like how easy or hard would it be for you to, you know, just say you wanted to make $1,000 a week instead of $325 a week. Like mm. how, how how would you go about doing that? Well, number one, I could just put on another class, you know, I could have three of them. So then I'd have like 10 in each class, 10 sep- separate people in each class. So that I could do that. I could just add another class um, at a different time. Um, so at the moment I've got, you know, Monday nights, 
and then I've got Wednesday morning. So I could put an early morning class, you know, because sometimes you can get overseas people and things like that, depending on the time zone. Um, but the other ways I could just put my page back up on my website, which is that I teach privates. And um, and then you're getting um, just people who only want private. So they might not be doing a practice, you know, necessarily want to do yoga, but they've heard that yoga is good for your back or something like that. Or maybe they're very busy they've got money to spend on their health and so they might just want somebody who will teach them once a week or something like that. Um, that's just basically, yeah, advertising, letting people know that you're there because in my experience people are looking for that. They'll Google it. So as long as you've got the right words on the page, they're going to look at you and compare you to the other offerings that are on the internet and if you happen to have written what they're looking for, they're probably going to contact you and try you out. Right. All right. That's my experience anyway. And I want to get into the, the Google optimization websites in, in a bit. But so basically mm-hmm. your your model is really simple and has almost no overheads in terms of admin or actual dollar cost. And so basically mm-hmm. you're just getting paid, you know, basically eighty dollars an hour for every hour that you teach, whether that's group or private sessions, and you get to keep like seventy eight of those dollars. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And if you want, and it's also very scalable. So at the moment you're literally working like four hours a week, but if you wanted to work 10 hours a week or 20 hours a week, you could by just adding more classes and also accepting private clients by just opening up your webpage, just, you know, so people would find you. Yeah. Yeah. And that would that would scale at still eighty dollars an hour, right? So you you know if you if you did twice as many, you would still be just making twice as much money, right? Exactly. I mean, the more you do, the, it's less work. The more you do, really. I mean, right? Because and that's what, that's how account. I built it. I made yeah, I, I built it to make sure that I get eighty dollars an hour because I don't want to get less than eighty dollars an hour. Basically, that's my you know. Right, and, in the right. Because if if you doubled or tripled the number of clients you had, your booking system wouldn't cost any more. Zoom wouldn't cost any more. You know, exactly. the website wouldn't cost any more. Yeah. So, the, the costs stay the same, and you've just got more money with with the same amount of cost. All right. So this That's is sounding right. good, and uh, you've so and so you've you've done all of this yourself. So you like you've uh, you know you're using other obviously other people's apps like the booking system and the website Brazil builder that you used or whatever. But you you built your own website. You've Mm-hmm. Set up, you've set up the booking app, you know, for yourself. You've programmed in all the auto emails and whatever to remind people to, schedule, you know, whatever whatever you've done there. So basically, you yeah, right. you just DIY'd everything. I did, yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, unless you're doing, you know, a lot of income, you can. It's not really worth getting other people to do it because you mm-hmm. can spend thousands and thousands. And this and and. The, all that software has evolved so much since I first started teaching okay. that they yeah. really make it easy for people, basically. Yeah. They make it really easy for you. And what about like, you know, lighting and video and audio equipment? Have you spent any money on that? Um, no, I bought a webcam, $180, a better one than than was on the computer. Um, no, not for those classes, No. Because the classes you're not demonstrating, right? You're just sitting at the computer watching the students practice and going, oh, so-and-so, lift your leg a bit higher or whatever. 
Yeah, I mean, I do have a space, so it's not a huge room. So I have a mat um, so that I can, if somebody's doing something a bit funny, I can get on my mat and show uh-huh, them. Uh-huh. So I have the room set up so that I can actually, I do just sit or stand depending on how I feel, but I do have it so that I can demonstrate. But it's just like a normal size room, uh-huh. small room. Yeah. It's like your spare room um, at home, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's oh. right. All right. So, I mean, if you had to sort of guesstimate, you know, to the nearest $500, like how much did it cost you to set this up, including software, website, webcam, you know, whatever else you've spent money on? Um, well, my webs if just for one website, website cost is like $230 a year. The um, webcam, $180. Um, Zoom. I don't know. It might be less 20. than a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Zoom, I think it'd be less like than twenty bucks a month or fifty bucks a month or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, that I can't. I think I paid up for the whole year. I think right. it was one hundred and thirty or something like that. The, yeah. the most expensive is the scheduling software, but yeah. it does make your life incredibly easy, and and that takes so much admin because, as you say, you've got automated emails. They get a link saying, you know, reminder, your class is in twenty four hours. Here's the link. Yeah. You don't have to – so that's that's worth the money, in my opinion. And which software do you use? Um, Acuity Scheduling because oh, that, it's part of – yeah. That's the one we use too because it integrates with Zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, completely it integrates with Zoom and um, I have, a, you know, it links in with my website as well. Mm. Yeah. All right. Good. So, all right. So, you know, this is – this isn't – this this business model – Correct me if I'm wrong, but this business model isn't this isn't for someone who wants to like, oh, I want to start a chain of businesses and take over the world and, you know, do fifty million dollars a year. This is for the person who's like, I just love teaching, but I hate all the other shit that goes around having a business like managing a team, doing admin, you know, customer service, booking people in and out of their classes at the last minute, whatever. And so I basically just want to teach and not do all that. And I want but I want to get paid for for my teaching. Yeah, you want to get paid, yeah. Completely. Yeah, that's it. And what I've seen a lot when um from training teachers, there's kind of these two models now. There's you can go and work for a studio or you can have your own business. And people tend to see have your own business as teach lots of classes, um, you know, just basically there's kind of these two huge op- – one option is earn hardly any money and do a lot of travelling, which is, you know, teaching at a studio. Um, and then the other is a very big amount of responsibility and time and effort and money. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes we don't want to do that. We want to be in the middle. So this is kind of – the reason it's good for me is I have a young child, you know, I've had to look after my father and different things. So it means you can kind of – have it really small and you can make it bigger, but you're just earning your own money and you're not relying on other people, other businesses, and you're in complete control. Nobody's telling you what to do and how to teach, which is really important. And I also think teaching a lot of privates like that and individualising practice is just really you learn a lot as a teacher and you learn a lot about people and what they need and what they like. And so I think it helps you become a better teacher as well. Yeah, I agree. So, all right. So I want to get in, there's a few things I want, several things I want to get into, like, um, you know, where do you get the clients to fill up your classes and, you know, how would you apply this to a bricks and mortar studio? So we're going to, or a bricks and mortar business, we're going to talk through that in a minute. But um, firstly, can you, uh, I want, I'd love you to share the story you shared with me yesterday on the phone 
of um, all, like basically, you know, you, you already said in, when you introduced yourself today, all different business models that you've been through, like when I say business models, I'm putting air quotes around that. It's like the business model of being an, a contractor working in someone's studio, the business model of, you know, having your own studio business and, you know, employing people or being your own, just your own boss there. So mm. can you talk us through, you know, those, the, the different business models you've experimented with and and the results of each of those, like, you know, because I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people in the Pilates world, and I, I imagine it's the same in the yoga world, they aspire to own their own studio. When they say own their own studio, they, they I think people envision a physical bricks and mortar space that is beautiful, that is a hub, there's community, there's, you know, they, they have, it's a place where change happens and they can make a real difference for people. So they have all these like, you know, beautiful uh, intentions and aspirations, but the reality often is, doesn't match that perfectly. So yeah, tell us about your mm. experiences. Okay, so yeah, so initially I was getting paid working for other people um, and I was getting well paid at the time. This was, you know, 27 years ago or something, I was getting $80 a class, which was a good amount then and it's probably more than a lot of people get now, basically. Um, so that was a good experience. Um, that, that, was for a, that was for a 90-minute class though, right? Well, it was actually for longer, two right, hours, right. but um, yeah, sometimes 90 minute. Yeah, sometimes. Um, my first experience of teaching was actually very good because the person who trained me actually paid me a proper wage and took out tax and did super and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I had this idea that that's how it was going to be when I embarked on my own. <laughs> there oh. wasn't. And for those outside lucky. Australia, superannuation is what we'd call like in the US 401k in the UK. I'm not sure what they call it. Basically, it's a retirement savings. Mm -mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so I work, I've worked for other people. I didn't do it for a long time. I pretty much launched very quickly into having my own studio within a few years of teaching. And that was in Newcastle. And um, after, I think I had that for seven years. After a few years, I was employing about four teachers. I used to run teacher trainings, workshops. Um, and that was a good experience because the rent was very cheap, I'd have to say. So, you know, I made money. It wasn't a lot of money. I was doing it with my partner. Um, we had to supplement our income by him working part, you know, as well. So it would have been enough for one person to make a decent living, but not two. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, um, gonna, wasn't even going to make one person rich. No, never rich. No, no way. Um, we always lived very economically, I have to say, but we were kind of choosing lifestyle, I suppose. We were living in a really beautiful, sunny place and we didn't teach a lot of hours. So it was kind of lifestyle. Mm -hmm related um but definitely we did struggle with money um but that was as i said very cheap rent and i never really experienced that cheap rent ever again after that so um well that was uh you know i can't remember the exact date but that would have been like the early 2000s you know pre-2010 right I remember I was exactly. living in Sydney. So this was like Newcastle, which is a, a little regional capital, uh, like an hour and a bit north of Sydney. And so this, like, that was way back before it was cool, basically. It's like no one was, mm. you know, that was, yeah, so uh, that was when it was cheap. Yeah, completely. And we were also, you know, the big fish in a little pond. Like there was no Ashtanga yoga at that time in Newcastle. So 
and there were only probably four schools in total. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was easy for us to get, we had, from the first week we opened, we had 40 people coming Mm -hmm. to class, you know, so it was, it was a really easy market. It wasn't saturated at all. And then, uh, you know, time went by, you moved to Melbourne, set up a studio in Hawthorne here where Breathe Mm. Education was going to start around the kitchen table a little bit later. And so tell us about, Mm -hmm. tell us about the Hawthorne business from a business perspective. Yeah, so um, I had two locations. One was a smaller one. It only fit 16 people in the room. And that one wasn't too expensive. That one worked well, so it was making money. And I have always, whenever I've opened a studio, I've always said it's not just about classes. Essentially, for me, the classes pay the rent and it's the workshops and the trainings that generate, you know, a good profit. And so I hadn't been in Melbourne for a long time, so I was trying to, you know, build up that reputation with the teacher training. And it was just growing every year and then to the point where after three years I actually moved to a bigger place, which um, because I wanted to have more teacher training, a bigger pool of people to, you know, who knew about me. And that worked, but the rent was quite, you know, a lot higher in this bigger place. Um, but still, in terms of a business plan, it was still very viable. And essentially, after three years in that bigger place, it was, and I was running the bigger trainings and everything, it finally hit where it needed to be, which was me making some money, like not nothing kind of thing. Um, but I actually left at that point. So I left when it was actually doing what it should have been doing. So it kind of took me six years to build up to the point where I was happy and it's on, it's a machine, it's rolling, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. And so, and so, you know, why, why didn't you want to go back to that model and why have you chosen this model instead? Well, essentially because I've been um, a yoga teacher for that long, I've pretty much been teaching at six o'clock in the morning for 25 years and I really was over that and um, and also just there was a lot of um, – I had some other issues that came in, like I had my dad that I had to look after. I had, you know, I just – there was a lot of time pressures. And I just got sick of the financial responsibility, I suppose. Um, you know, you're bringing in a lot of money, but a lot of money is going out. So people think that you're making a lot of money, but, you know, you have to have a lot of people – on the mats to even just make a minimal amount of money. People don't really see that when they go. They think, oh, the class is so full, but they don't realise that the rent is so expensive, that kind of thing. Um, So, um, yeah, but I did get it to where I wanted to go. But also what happened was I got frozen shoulders from kind of all the stress and lack of sleep and all this stuff. And I just thought my body is screaming stop, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to stop. And uh, I wanted to move to a warmer climate and I just wanted to not have that fun. I've had, you know, been renting premises for years and I just thought I just don't want that anymore. I want to have something that's much more low-key, doesn't mean I have to commit to a lease and have this figure that I'm thinking about, you know. I just want to low financial stress. I wanted zero financial stress essentially. Yeah. Uh, It's When you say that, I mean, I totally, (laughs) totally hear you. Um, we've mm. gone from an in-person business to, you know, we're now 100% online and we're in the process of, you know, um, getting rid of the premises that we were using. Um, mm. We're not using it anymore, but we're, we're just leasing it out. But um, 
Uh, it's it strikes me it's all relative, you know. Like you're describing, like going from a, a business where you've got like four team members, I think you said, or that would maybe that was in Newcastle, but basically having yeah, you know yeah. rent rent to pay and moving parts to juggle essentially, mm. and simplifying and and thinking like yeah, I, you know, less worry, less less balls in the air, just you know, keep it simple and reduce the stress. And I've actually just been through something similar. We cut down from uh, about. Five hundred or four, yeah, four hundred and twenty thousand dollars a month in expenses, um, uh, to about two hundred and twenty thousand dollars a month in expenses. Yeah, yeah, massive. And um, this, I feel like now I've got such a simple little business, and it's <laughs> so so low stress. <laughs> it is relative, I know, I know. <laughs> I agree. Look, the funny thing is, is I think I learnt. I learned a lot and I actually, when I left, I didn't close my business. I sold it to someone, just, uh-huh. you know, handed it over to another, to it, to the, someone who'd been working for me. And basically I found her another space, a cheaper space. She wanted to take over the business. I'm like, well, you need something a bit cheaper. Also because she didn't have the, yet the skills to teach a teacher training. So uh-huh. she couldn't kind of count on that income. Um, so I found her a place really close by that was the right amount of money, you know, it was only 27000 a year or something. And we had a beautiful business model going. She was going to make, you know, a decent kind of income for what she wanted to do. And um, so it's very possible. I, I agree with you. It's relative. And I just think you have to do the numbers before you do everything. And yeah. 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 So, so, all right, talking about do the numbers, tell us about the math that you go through with your yoga students. Yeah, so when I teach a teacher training, um, I do a little class um, about the different ways that yoga teachers can make money once they're qualified. And essentially, I, you know, I ask them what are the different ways that a teacher can make money, and and they kind of it was funny. I was just watching. I went back to watch the video of it this morning, and somebody said, "Oh, you know, they make so much money as a joke." not even as a joke, I think she actually meant it. And I just thought, wow, you really don't know. And by the end of the class, she was quite shocked. And so basically what I do, you know, for example, they can teach at somebody else's studio. They can teach corporate classes. They could, um, you know, rent a church hall or something like that. We kind of look at all those options, teaching at a gym, running your own studio, running teacher trainings. And we kind of go, okay, well, how many hours a week is that feasible to do? How many hours can you do? And would you, you know, would you be able to actually get clients for? And then we kind of look at the overheads for each of those. And they get quite shocked because they realize that the the ways they thought, which were the best ways to make money are actually not, it's not true. They're not actually not the best ways to make money. They're right. a kind of in terms of depending on how much commitment you want to put into it. All right. So walk me through those myths and bust them for me. Okay. So, well, for example, teaching at a studio, you know, I don't know what the hourly rate um, at studios for Pilates, but in um, pre-COVID, you know, in Melbourne, people were getting paid something like between 30 and $60 a class per class. And how long is a class? And that might be an hour or an hour and a half for uh-huh. a class. So it's, and like, so, so it's like 15 to $30 an hour. Yeah. 
Yeah, completely. And I said to them, I say to them, you know, so how many times, how many classes a week can you teach as a yoga teacher? And basically it's probably max 10 because you might be going between studios, you know, you've got to also do your own practice, blah, blah, blah. So that's really, you know, if you're getting $50, that's $500 a week spending quite a bit of time earning $500 a week, which is actually not a lot of money. All right. yeah, and that's absolutely. why you see, yeah. So, and, and, you know, I can hear all the, the people out in there in radio land gnashing their teeth and going, oh, those bastard yoga studio owners, you know, paying peanuts. Um, but here's the thing. Why are they paying peanuts? Because that's all they can afford to pay. It's not these like, you know, great, filthy, you know, greedy, capitalistic yoga studio owners who are making these piles of money and liking their cigars with $100 bills and just refusing to share any of it with the, in, with the yoga teachers. It's, it's the, the, yoga, the yoga studio owners, if anything, probably even worse off. Oh, they're, they're, they're making nothing. They're probably making nothing. I always paid my teachers, obviously, and I would be the one who would lose. They're probably not making anything, the owners. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's pretty funny, yeah, the so, situation. Uh, the, the, like, the owner is probably making less than the instructors. Most definitely, most definitely. And, and you know, if, I, um, if somebody had to be sick and I had to teach, I'd be like, oh, thank God I get to keep that money, you know, that kind of thing. Um, all right, and so, all right, so, and so, just walk us through the math. You know, how do you present the math of uh, owning your own bricks and mortar studio to your students? Yeah, so basically, I suppose we start with you know what is it? What does it cost to rent your own studio? So people are often quite shocked at how much it costs to rent a space you know, for one or two years. Um, so I'll start with that. What are all the overheads, you know, website costs, scheduling, which is similar to just being on your own. But we go through all of those top costs. This is without even employing someone, equipment, all of that. And so then you've got this big figure, you know, it might be $50,000, it might be $100,000 just already starting, right? And then I'd say, okay, and so you're teaching classes, how many um, – how much are you charging per person? And say if you're charging $20 per person, you're probably only actually going to get $15 if you take out all the bank fees and all the blah, blah, blah. It actually never ends up. It's never what you're actually charging. And then how many classes are you going to be teaching a week or running on your schedule a week? How many people do you expect to be getting? So we kind of add all of that up. And then also from my perspective, if you're going to open a studio, it should never just be about classes. I think I said it before, you've got to include workshops and other things to bring up, you know, bring up the money. Um, but often what you find is, is that, um, you know, if you've got a cost of $50,000 a year, you have to have a lot of people in classes to actually cover that. And what you find is you're not, uh, the, the owner is often barely making any money. Right. So I did that with my students a couple of years ago. And I think that year I had taken in 27,000, you know, I, that was my personal income and which was um, only a little bit more than someone working at a studio, basically. Yeah. So, you know, the, everybody's looking at it. Wow. You know, it was a beautiful space. Gorgeous. I loved it. And everybody loved it. They love coming there, but I was earning the same as someone going to a studio if I was lucky, you know, for doing and, four times um, the amount of work for doing, you know, for working, uh, 
for working probably 40 hours a week, whereas that person going um, teaching 10 classes a week is probably teaching, you know, 15 mm. hours a week. So, um, yeah. And, I, I, you and, know, and I, I don't know – I don't know, you know, for sure, but my suspicion is this pro- applies pretty closely to Pilates. I mean, I think it's a little bit different in Pilates. We probably have smaller spaces on average, but we have more expensive equipment and often, um, you know, we don't have as many people in the class, you know. Um, so, you know, so the, the engine, the, the financial engine of the business, you know, the class, how many bums you've got on reformers or mats or whatever is is a smaller engine. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so just that basic exercise of just adding up your expenses over the year, rent and whatever, and then adding up like just figuring out, okay, how many classes am I going to run? How many people in each class? What am I going to charge per person? And just multiplying all that out and going, okay, what's, what's my, what's my revenue minus my expenses? And is there, is there anything left over? Um, and yeah, I think I, I, I'm not sure, but, um, I know, I, I imagine a lot of people don't go through that math before they open a studio. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, I teach that in all my trainings because I'm very scared when people don't do that. Um, The other thing too is when I do my costings, I don't budget for 52 weeks of the year. I budget for 40 because essentially you probably got – people are not coming 52 weeks of the year. So all my figures are done on 40 weeks a year and, um, you know – yeah, you have to do a really worst-case scenario when you do it. And it's actually stopped me many times from taking a premise. So it's yeah. like the, it just doesn't work. You can look at a room and it only fits 12 and that just ruins your whole numbers. Right. And <laughs> you then just you th- can't take the space. Right. And, and and here's the thing is people tend, you know, to be optimistic in general and think like, oh, it can mm. fit 12. Okay, so I'll, I'll have 12 people in every class. No, you won't. You'll have like eight <laughs> in every class. Completely. You know, because even if you've got 12 yeah. booked – you know, two of them are going to be sick. One of them are going to be late because they couldn't find parking. And the other one, the kid, you know, had to be picked up from school or whatever. And it's like, you're only going to have eight people in the room, even if you've fully booked. And of those eight Completely. people, maybe only seven of them paid full price, you know, like. So, Completely. So it's, you know, like, you, you, the, you know, I think we need to definitely, like you say, allow for the fact that you know, things are not optimized for efficiency, you know, um, like we don't, we don't pack out our classes. Not everyone pays full price. We don't, we don't trade 52 weeks of the year. Um, exactly. All right. So, all right. So that's, you know, all a bit doom and gloom. Now I, I'd like to emphasize here, and you have said a couple of times, like it is possible to make good money running a studio, mm. but you need to charge accordingly have enough bums in the room like you know a big enough space enough equipment that you can have enough you know butts on mats or reformers and uh you need to you know main you know maintain your cost structure low enough that you actually get to keep you know a significant portion of that money that you uh take in now i've been out of the Pilates studio business for a number of years um i now am in the Pilates education business but i'm i'm in touch constantly. Like I would say on a daily basis, I talk to multiple studio owners and Mm. I talk with my accountant (laughs) several times a week. Um, and I talk, I, I am part of several business masterminds. I have a couple of business mentors and I can say that like, if you're a bricks and mortar studio, if you don't have a 15% net profit, like, so after you've paid everything at the end Mm -hmm. of the year, 15% of everything that you made is in your pocket. 
if you don't have that, like you don't have a viable business, you are staring down the barrel of, you know, extinction. Um, and if you've got like 15 to 25%, you're doing pretty good, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, if you run an online business like Jean, you could have a 95% profit margin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Completely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're breathe education currently we're doing, we're sitting on about 25% profit margin. Um, and I want to, I want to bring that up to 40% by the end of this year. Um, mm. because I think we're doing things very inefficiently at the moment, but, um, I think, you know, I, I don't think this is something a lot of studio owners spend time thinking on. Now, if you're a studio owner out there and you do spend time on this, I'd love to hear from you. Um, book a time to talk with me on zoom in the show notes and, um, just yeah, set me straight, explain, explain how you do things. I'd love to know how things are going for you out there. If you're a studio owner. All right. So, uh, Jean, you've, you know, basically you've got this online model that you are doing and that works for you. And at the moment you're only doing four hours a week, but you could bump it up and do 10 hours a week or whatever you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. How do you get people into those courses? So, so you call it a course, it's 12 weeks. We would, I don't know what we'd call it. Just like basically you're locking them in for to a 12 week, you know, once a week on Monday night sort of scenario. So where do they come from those people? Well, actually, most of those people have come from when I was in Melbourne. So they already know me, they're they're self-practiced people. But I have had people just contact me from the website. And and also you do get a lot of word of mouth because people get a lot out of them. So they'll tell their friends, you know, you should do this. You know, it's really great. So, I mean, essentially, if it's for online, I would just, it would just be through my website Mm -hmm. and um, then, and also those people telling other people, because I don't actually need a lot of people. It's not like I need 50 people, I only need a certain amount. So um, it's not hard for it to grow by word of mouth. And your clients are pretty sticky, right? Like, so they don't leave very often. They don't leave. And also when it comes to the next, because I only offer 10 places in each class, I say to them, if you don't sign up, you'll lose your place. You know, I have, I have turned people away because it was full. So they're just going to, they just keep coming over and over. I I love this. All right. So this is where I want to get into, you know, boundaries and, you know, basically in marketing, we'd call it sort of scarcity and, you know, time pressure um, Mm. and, and, and really, I think in marketing and in in selling, which um, a lot of people in Pilates industries struggle with, and I know for dance or in yoga, they don't, they don't not only struggle with it, they actively revile it. I think a lot of people um, um, that, and there's your problem right there, right? So um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so that are we. Well, often we feel that we are sort of chasing customers, like we want more clients and we, you know, we, we, we supplicate the clients, you know, it's like, oh, please come and be my client, you know. Um, mm. um, whereas you have, <laughs> you've mastered this uh, thing that a sales mentor of mine, uh, who's a great friend, Tyler Norton, taught me, which is in sales, indifference makes the difference. Right. And, but what Mm. that basically says is like in any negotiation, the person who doesn't give a shit if they walk away without an agreement is the one who's got more leverage. Um, so, uh, yeah. So tell us about your, 
I was I was astounded when you told me this yesterday. Tell us about your rules on your website and how you basically how the sales journey that your clients go through, you know, before they sign up with you. Well, essentially it kind of it says what what's involved, you know, two privates, 12 classes, and it says you must be committed to practicing twice a week at home, you know, apart from this class and you must be willing to, you know, either be happy to do independent practice or be willing to learn independent practice. And then they have to fill out a form to, it's not even, they can't even pay for it on the website. They have to fill out a form which has stuff like I will commit to three times a week or I'm already doing that. Like they have to tick a box that says I'm going to do this. So basically it gives the thing of if you're not going to do it the way I'm asking, I'm not int- don't contact me is pretty much what it says. So it's just my way of filtering people. And I genuinely feel like that because I don't want to invest my time with people who are going to drop out after four weeks or, you know, yeah, so it's very narrow. If you look on my website, it's very, very narrow and there's no other way to do it. And um, and I also have, you know, there's no rolling over of into the next 12 weeks. It's like if you don't attend the classes, it's not my problem, basically. Huh. You know? and, and we'll link to Jean's website. It's jeancampbellyoga.com uh, in the show notes so you can go and <laughs> have a look. Um, <laughs> but So basically what you're saying is like, okay, you know, I can provide these benefits for you, right? And we'll talk about those in a minute, mm. how you optimize for that Google search. Um, and if you want those benefits, here's how we're going to do it, right? You're going to practice three times a week and you're going to come on Mondays at 6 p.m. and you're going to develop a self-practice and you're not going to roll over your classes. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, um, and if that sounds like, you know, something you want to do, you know, get in touch. If not, no no, no, no hard feelings. See you later. It's completely, completely. And I... And I think part of that, that's because that's how I genuinely feel, number one. But I think what happens when people come out of trainings or see so much is they feel really inferior, like they don't have anything to offer. You know, they've only just started, but they, you know, they have a lot to offer. And sometimes, like you said, they can just be almost servant-like to the students. And it's really you've got to not feel like that. You have a set of skills. You've learned this stuff. You know how to teach you have a set of skills. You don't have to kind of bow down to the student. It's like, I'm here. This is what I have to offer you. And this is how I'm going to offer it. And if if that appeals to you, then come and do it. But you're not actually like, you know, you're not discounting, you're not rolling over, you're not changing it for someone. It's a very rigid structure, but people actually like that yeah. because once they've made that first decision, there's no more thinking. Right. It's just done. They're just locked in. And, and, and then I come up to, you know, the end of the, it's like week 11, I go, okay, the, you know, it's finished. They're like, oh, okay, yep. And they don't want to lose their spot yeah. because they're getting so much out of it. Yeah. And and the things that, you, moreover, the things that you're asking them to do are not just for your benefit. They're actually the things that will get them the benefit that they want, right? So if you want to Completely. not have a sore back or if you want to, you know, achieve that goal, whatever that was like, well, you're going to have to do these things. Right. And so I'm only interested in working with you if you're going to do these things, because I don't want to take your money and then you not get the result. 
Completely. And that was actually how I designed it because I wasn't very, you know, I didn't teach online classes before and I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. And what is the outcome I want? And what is the minimum that I can ask people for them? I mean, you know, that they're actually going to get better and feel better in their bodies. And I was like, okay, they have to practice a minimum of three times. They have to do this. They have to do that. So I actually did it based on their outcome. So that at the end of those 12 weeks, they're going to go, wow, that was pretty cool. Look, look where I am now, you know. And if you don't ask them, if you ask them to do less than that, they're not going to end up in that position. Like nobody has complained about them. Everybody loves it. Everybody's happy because they're getting results. Yeah, 100% results. Mm. So, all right, so basically you start from the result and it's like, okay, well, if someone wants to get rid of their back pain or be able to touch their toes in 12 weeks or whatever the thing is that they want, it's like, well, Mm. you know, coming once every second week isn't going to get them that result. So if they want to do that, here's the, here's the program that's going to get them there. And so basically you're saying like, okay, well, if you want to achieve this result, I can basically guarantee it, but you have to do these things. Exactly. And you have to state that right at the start, you know, because you do, you know, when I used to do privates face to face, sometimes you're kind of talking people into practice. But what I found is if you've put those conditions on the website that you're expecting them to practice, they've already read that when they, before they come to that first class with you so they when you say it to them it's not a surprise you're not having to convince them to practice they yeah. know that they're they're the conditions already right awesome so you're working with mm. the people who are most likely to get results from the way that you work Fantastic. completely yeah i don't yeah i don't want to teach people and then not get better so mm. <laughs> that's why you know a lot of people do approach it like that they just come every now and again but i just don't see the point in that really mm. so all right so let's uh talk about how you optimize your website now now this is something that i i think a lot of people if you're out there in pilates land and you're you're someone who thinks i quote should post on instagram and or maybe you do post on instagram pretty regularly for your studio and maybe you don't um, you know but you're not getting traction that's because instagram is not where you attract pilates clients in my view um Mm -mm. so uh yeah tell us jane what you do uh, website-wise, how you attract people to privates? Um, okay, so so basically, I suppose you're describing what your skills are, so what kind of things you can help people with. Right, so hold on, um, just want to draw that distinction. So you're not talking about, like, I've got this certificate and I've got that diploma and I trained with this person. It's like, clients don't give a fuck about that. You're saying, I can no. help you with back pain. Exactly. I can help you with back pain. I can help you with, you know, stress reduction. I can help you with knee pain, shoulder pain. You you list it on there, the things that you know that you can and work And you don't with. write et cetera, right? Because <laughs> I'm not going to go to Google if I've got shoulder pain and type in help with et cetera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, to, you, you have to literally list all the things. So I can help people with shoulder pain. Can I also help people with arm pain? <laughs> can I also help people with elbow yeah. pain? <laughs> neck pain you have to yeah you have to write all of it sciatica even you know just be specific because you know they're the most common kind of injuries neck pain sciatica back pain you know right so you need to write it down right and, and, and just, go, wow i've got sciatica i'm going to her right and so you yeah. know just a note for folks out there like according to the world health organization number one cause of disability in, in terms of injuries in the world is low back pain. Number two, I think is pretty close second is neck pain. Number three would be shoulder mm-hmm. pain. So it's like if you say back pain and sciatica and neck pain and shoulder pain, man, and then like different words for shoulder pain. So you might say shoulder impingement, you know, 
blah, 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 bursitis, you know, what are the different names that people call that same condition? Like that is going to cover like 88 to 90% of all people with aches and pains. Completely. Right. So, yeah. you, so you just got a web page that says, hi, I'm Jean. I teach yoga and I can help you with back pain, sciatica, blah, blah, blah. You know, all these different yeah. conditions. Uh, and then it's like, okay, if you want to work with me, here's how we do it. Is that right? Yeah, I don't put the price on there. I mean, you know, sometimes you can. I don't put the price on there. It's more just, yeah, this is how it will work. You know, we do this many sessions. So description of kind of how I work. Um, and then um, they will generally contact me. And the other thing, you know, by email. And then the other thing I have is also testimonials. I mean, I don't have it up at the moment because I'm not looking for privates, but testimonials from privates who I've helped them with their back pain or their neck pain or whatever, you yeah. know. So, just to show that I can do it. Right. And that's because that's that's to base, that's what we call social proof, that people, it's like, okay, you can actually deliver what you are promising. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm. And so the best sort of testimonial is like somebody very similar to the client who's like, yeah, I'm a similar age, similar gender, similar socioeconomic status, whatever. And I had these similar symptoms and, oh, Jean was awesome and now I don't have those symptoms anymore and I'm loving life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, and um, even better if that person is like, oh, I'd tried PT and I'd tried this and I'd tried that and I'd tried blah, 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 and nothing worked until I went and saw Jean and now, now I can walk again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, people are very grateful when they don't have pain, aren't they? They do write stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. And so do you write anything on your webpage? Like, you know, if you've tried physio and massage and stretching and blah, 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 none of it worked, come see me. Do you have anything like that? I don't write that because generally as a yoga teacher, people do try all those things before they come to you. So I don't write that, you know. Uh, no, I right. just, no, I don't write that. Mm. Um, all right. And so basically then you, like, so you've just, you know, written some copy up there on your webpage. And I don't know if you're open to this or not. I'm just asking you in real time here. But would you be open to giving us like a, a the direct link to that page. So I know that page is not public at the moment, but could we put a link to the show note into it in the show notes so our listeners could see your copy? Um, I could get my old, yeah, I could definitely put something there. Yeah. I could definitely give you something. Yeah. Okay, great. For sure. Um, and yeah. you know, and I mean, you're, you're just like a normal human being, right? You didn't go to like sales school or copywriting school or, you know, you're just a no. yoga teacher who <laughs> wrote your own website. I mean, look, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a yoga teacher, but because I've been self-employed for, you know, 25 years, and I think you taught me how to build a website or something many years ago, but essentially I'm always reading books and learning. So I do just, I haven't done any courses in business or anything, but mm -hmm. I'm always trying to yeah. read and learn more and keep up to date. Right. Basically. And if you, if you want to be good at business, you've got to learn about business. Hmm. Completely. Um, all right. So hopefully we'll whack a link to that in the show notes. And then, all right, so that's how you attract people. And so so people just literally – and and you have your suburbs. Like, so this is for physical one-on-ones or is this for online one-on-ones? Um, well, for physical one, um, physical privates, yeah, you put your suburbs, like, you know, yoga – in yoga privates in Hawthorne, you want to put the suburbs because that's what people Google basically. Right. So, right. you know, and they're going to open up three tabs on their computer and then go, oh, here's this person, here's that person, you know, basically. And then they're just going to pick the one that appeals 
to them. Right. So I think it's important. Yeah, if you if you're in an area, you need to put the suburb. Right, and, and not just the not the big city, you know, like the hyper local area. Because if I'm in, you know, if I'm in Viewbank and I type in, you know, Pilates classes near me, or you know, back exercise for back pain near me, or whatever, and someone comes up and it says, you know, Pilates Melbourne CBD, which is like thirty kilometres away, I'm like <laughs> totally, yeah. I'm not even going to look at it, right? But if something says you know, the best Pilates in Viewbank, I'm like, huh, okay, mm. that's that's, yeah. I'm going to look at that. Exactly. Um, all right. So, yeah. how do you do that for online? Um, well, for online, it doesn't matter, does it? Because they can, as long as the time zone works, it, it works. So, right. So you're yeah, just writing private, like on, yeah. you're just writing like on lots of like live online yoga, you know, anywhere in the world. Yeah, so live like, online. Yeah, yoga privates. Yeah, right. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So, mm. tell us about the brick and mortar model that you you know, that you recommend to your students? Because you, you're running an online scenario. So so how would you translate this to someone who wants to basically still, you know, have the same system where they're, they're a solopreneur, they don't have employees, they just have a, but they have a brick and mortar space of some description and they want to keep, you know, the vast majority of the money that they earn. Mm. So... Yeah, so we're not talking a big, we're not talking um, a big space here. So generally what I say when people are in a training, if you have a choice, if you haven't already created a space, is it could be a small, a large room in your own home, or you could rent a very cheap space. But basically the idea of having some general classes or feeder group classes where people can just come and try a class, pay for one class and just try you out and see if they like you. But you don't have a lot of them. You might just have um, one or two, like it might be, you know, the most popular time, Saturday morning or, or a night, you know, Wednesday night or something like that. So you have these kind of feeder classes where people get to um, meet you and try you out without having to, you know, sign up for courses. Mm-hmm. And then um, essentially um, offering packages where it could be, you know, where they pay for 10 classes or something, but also having something like, you know, for example, one private a month with classes. So you're kind of doing a hybrid model. It's not just come to classes. It's not just come to privates. It's doing both. Um, and, and, so, so, and so is this like your online model? Is this goal-focused, right? So basically the client comes in and you sit down and go, okay, why are you here? You know, what, what do you want to achieve by doing this with me? Completely. It's goal-focused. Yeah. Definitely. And, and and so rather than then coming in and doing the class and you're going, oh, hi, okay, how was the class? Did you want to buy a 10-pack? You're like, okay, so why are you here? You know, what you know, what's brought you here? And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's, it's my sore back or it's, you know, whatever. And you're like, okay, well, tell me more about that. And then they're like, okay, well, I want to get rid of my back pain. And you're like, what else have you tried? And they're like, oh, I've tried this and this and this and this. And you're like, well, I can really totally help you with that. And it's, here's what it's going to take, right? You're going to need to come and see me mm. once, once a month, once a week, once a whatever for a private. Mm-mm. And you're going to need to come to every, you know, classes every Saturday morning, you know, once a week. And you're going to need, you just basically tell them what they need to do to solve the problem. Exactly. And you kind of get two ways that people enter your business. One is they come through the feeder class and then as they get to know you and they get to see the other people who might come and do privates as well, they kind of realise that they can do that, that they can have privates and have a very tailored practice. 
Or the other way is people come to you just for privates for a very specific goal and then they might kind of start spreading into, they might come to the class as well. So you kind of get right. them coming in both ways. Huh. Yeah. So, 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 all right, so you've got people who, you know, find you on the web and they come to the feeder class or maybe their friend recommended it, they come to the feeder class, which is, which is you're charging full price, right, for these classes. These are just regular classes that you run. Normal, that, a normal yeah, class, yeah. 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 Um, and then so they can come do one class, you know, like pay 20 bucks or whatever, but then mm. if they want to come to a second class, it's not just like casual, right? You have to buy 10, a pack of 10 or something, right? Yeah, well, generally, you know, what I do is the first class is like a standard price, a reasonable standard price, but but it's only for that first class. So a casual rate might be, say, $25, but you're only – and so you would end up paying that every single time you came if you just came one at a time. It, immediately after the first class, you've either got to decide to, do, to buy a 10 pass or just keep paying lots of money. Basically, that's the way it works. Uh-huh. So they're kind of choosing very early on and, whether they want to stay. And do you advocate those 10 passes? Uh, basically, they're still casual. So people are like, I can use my 10 pass over three months or six months or something if I want. Or is it like I'm buying a 10, 10 consecutive classes? No, they can use it over a long period of time. Okay. Yeah, they can right. use it over a long and, period of time. And so – do you do you advocate then that those people should the 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 studio owner I don't know if it's a studio the micro studio owners mm. um, do you advocate that they then you know, sort of reach out to those people and say you know or sit down with them before the class or, or after the class or whatever and say say why did you come you know what is it you want to achieve all of those things or you know, how do, how do they transition them to um, well, no, I don't do that. It's just kind of very, you know, hands off. You just do a good job when they come, you know, you give them proper attention and you interact with them, you find out about them, but there's no pressure there. It's mm-hmm. more that they see what's going on when mm-hmm. they're there. They see how people are talking to each other. They see you talking to other people and, um, yeah, completely no pressure. And the other thing is because they've booked their class to come, they've read the website online, uh-huh. they already know what you're offering. Right. So they know that right. there's this kind of system in place. They just right. want to dip their toe in the water. So right. you just leave them alone. So the website says, hey, look, I can help you with back pain and here's what here's the plan for back pain, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. you know, X number of privates and X number of whatever's, you know, group sessions or whatever. And it's, and so and then you'd say, okay, look, you want to give it a go? Book in a book in a a one-off class here to see how you like it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hands-off. I mean, sometimes when people have back pain, they just want to commit and do it, book the privates. They want to just go straight ahead. But some people just want to, you know, they're a bit suspicious. They don't know what it's going to be like. So they'll just come and try a class and probably not even tell you that they have back pain, uh-huh. you know. And so when you say an inexpensive space, like a large room in your home, like, all right, I'm thinking large bedroom, you could probably fit like four yoga mats in there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mean like that. So, um, you know, it's if people are able to, it's having probably six people in a room, so it's big enough to have six people. So I'm not just talking about just having a bedroom. Um, yeah, so you need a – some people do have that. Some people can have, you know – transform the garage or something like that or you know they have they do have a larger room or you can just try and find a really cheap space and rent a cheap space right and cheap being like somewhere above a shop or you know not on a main road or whatever that doesn't have a lot of passing trade because you don't need a lot of visibility because you don't need a lot of new clients no no so it's going to be very cheap exactly and it you don't need walk by you don't 
need any of that. So, um, and then the other option is just to actually not rent a full-time space, just to rent a space, you know, twice a week and then do the privates from your home. You know, there's lots of different ways you can do it. Also, right. if you're traveling to them. So you rent mm. space in someone else's studio two days a week or whatever. For those feeder classes. Yeah. yeah. Or a church yeah. hall or whatever. Mm. All right. And so... And so then when, so you, sorry, so you have a, you know, for this brick and mortar model, you have a website that just, you know, it's just one that you build yourself in Wix or Squarespace or WordPress or, you know, some kind of website drag and drop mm. builder thingy. Mm. Um, and it just says, hi, I'm Jean. I teach yoga for people with, and then there's a list of bullet points that says neck pain, shoulder pain, back pain, sciatica, elbow pain, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. And, and then it says, you know. And here's how I help, here's how I help, I can help you, right? You know, mm. we'll do privates and you'll learn to do this and this and this and I'll, you know, then we'll set you up with a series of group classes and you'll learn to do this and you'll blah, 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 blah. And here's what you need to do as part of that. Here's your commitment, you know. Um, and then there's just like a button that says, you know, get in touch or something and then they fill out a form and get in touch, right? Yeah, so... Um yeah, it's, yeah. there's a form on the page. I like to have forms there ready to fill out because it's like a space calling uh -huh, them, uh -huh. you know, like rather than something that you click to open or that they have to email you, the form's already on the website ready yeah. to go. They think, oh, I'll just fill it in. I'll just fill it in and I'll press, you know, submit. Yeah, yeah. So I think that Four works clicks. really well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then the other thing, just adding to what you said, was I also say, I like to say I specialize in mm. this. I specialize in helping people with back pain. Not mm. I can help you because it's often when you write a big list, yeah, people yeah, go, yeah. well, they can do bloody everything, can't they? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, and I think it's good to say I specialize. Again, folks out there, if you want to specialize in one, just one thing, make it back pain because it's freaking 84% of adults at some point in their life have back pain. It's the number one cause of disability in the musculoskeletal realm. If you say, I totally specialize in back pain, don't know anything about necks, knees, or shoulders, you're still getting 85% of all the people. <laughs> so, completely, completely. <laughs> Very true. Um, so, all right. And uh, uh, then you price those classes, you know, 20 bucks-ish um, for, a, for a sort of one-off. And then from there, it's like 20, it's a bit more for the one-offs after the first. Or you can buy yeah. a pack of 10 for that $20 price sort of thing. Yes, that's right. Yeah. All right. And um, and they get to know about the privates on the website and also uh, because, um, you know, maybe in class, you know, you're talking to one of your clients and the client's going, oh, it was awesome private we did this week, Jean. My back's feeling so much better. Um, mm. or that, just that kind of stuff, right? Mm -mm. And also every time they go to book their class, so they're booking in for Saturday morning, it's on the list. Like it's, it should appear to them every time they ah, book. Private. Oh, she yeah. does privates. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. does privates. Just yeah. like staring at them every time yeah. they book a class. Yeah. Okay. It's sort of hypnotic. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the last thing I want to talk to you about is, uh, is how you keep your private clients long-term. Like, how do you make your clients so sticky? Like you've said, you said to me a while, you know, earlier on that most of your clients that you currently have in your group classes as well are from Melbourne. And I know you moved out of Melbourne like five years ago or something, you know, as far as I can yeah, remember. Yeah. My, well, my two memory, years ago, but my yeah. Memory for time is, my memory for time is horrible. <laughs> Anytime before yeah. yesterday is like 
just a blur to me. But all right, mm-hmm. so but people stick with you, right? People yes. stick with you. Yeah. So how do you, you know, what what steps do you have in place to, you know, to to create to create that? Um. So I suppose if it's a if it's me being access having access to them in group classes, I give a lot of personal attention. I give advice, like you know, you should do this particular thing, you know, say if they've got stiff shoulders or something, I will tell people to practice stuff at home. So I give a lot of personal attention in that way. And if they're coming to me for injury, which often they're just coming, they're thinking, I'll get in for three sessions and I'll get out. They're just thinking, oh, I've heard about, I've read this or I've heard about this woman. She's good. I'll just leave once everything's fixed. But, um, I, you know, it's essentially what I actually do is I talk when when they come in and they're injured and they say, you know, how they often say, how long do you think this will take, right? And I actually tell them in truth what are the kind of how long does it take to recover from certain things, you know, whether it's three months or six months. And I kind of talk about the stages, like stage one, you know, we're being really careful and we're just testing out what you need. And then stage two, we can get a bit more adventurous. And at this point, you know, you're in a lot less pain, but we're still kind of keeping it very specific. And then I talk about stage three, which is kind of maintenance of their movement habits, you know, maintenance, keeping healthy. And so that stage three is like saying, you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life. And not everybody wants to do that with me, but a lot of them kind of do after that experience. They think, well, okay, I'm I'm better now, but I want to keep doing this because I got so much out of it. So I do kind of explain those stages that, yes, you're going to get out of pain, hopefully, and then after that, this is what's going to happen. And I actually honestly say to them, if you don't maintain your health and your, you know, your body and your muscle tone, you know, you could end up with other injuries or whatever it is. So it's just kind of showing them that long-term having daily movement is a really healthy thing to do. And if they like you as a teacher and they like what you're teaching, they choose you to be that person so it's just who's show, part of their daily movement. Showing them that a dog's for life, not just for Christmas. Completely, completely. And in this scenario, the dog is at daily movement practice. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So, I mean, it seems really simple. You just build a website that says, hi, I'm Jean. I specialize in helping people with low back pain in Hawthorne. Um, and mm. here are the seven things you're going to have to do if you want my help with low back pain, you know, commit to three, mm-hmm. three mm-hmm. times a week practice, blah, blah, blah. Um, and no comebacks on the, on the 12 week course. Uh, and then you, you get them to jump over a few hurdles when they fill out the form, like they're basically, you know, signing the, the Pledge of Allegiance, saying, you know, I hereby <laughs> solemnly swear. <laughs> um, and uh, then when they come in, you, you, you talk about goals and you create a customized workout for that person. So each person has their own sequence of yoga moves that they're doing in your class. So you're not teaching a group sort of led practice. Um, and I, right. so if I come to your class, I might be doing something totally different to the other people in, in the room. And that's because you've customized it based on my goals, my injury, whatever it is. Um, exactly. And then at week 11, I get a little email from the system that says, hey, Raf, you know, it's week 11. Your course is just about finished. There's only 10 spots available. You know, I don't know if it says this, but it might say like, okay, seven are already filled. <laughs> don't miss out. 
Um, yeah. You know, and once they're gone, they're gone, and uh, I'll see you in three months <laughs> sort of thing. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, click here to book, uh, and they mm. do. Yes, yes, they do. Mm. Um, and uh, so the 12, it would be so a 12-week course, and that is 12 specific classes at specific times of, you know, so it's like you buy Monday at 6 p.m. every week for 12 weeks. And if I miss a Monday, for whatever reason, if the kids are sick, my tux didn't come back from the cleaner, car broke down, our friend came in from out of town, whatever it was, bad luck, come next week, you've lost your money for that week. Yeah, completely. And I do explain that by saying, look, if you average it out over the 12 weeks, if you come to every class, you're paying $15 a class. If you come to 11, you're paying $16 something. If you come to 10, you know, it, yeah. but it, it never is unreasonable. So it really yeah. doesn't matter. It, you know, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 Great. And, and yeah. you just have that conversation up front. So they're clear. It's like, well, if I choose to miss this class, that's on me. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then so you, uh, and you can scale that and get more private clients if you want by just having that web page there going, hey, I also do privates. Um, but at the moment, mm. you've, you've taken that down. Um, mm. And so your website is really designed, this is not really what I would call a, an acquisition model. I mean, you are acquiring clients, but it's really designed more to filter clients. So you're acquiring a very small number of clients, but they're really awesome clients who like really want to work with you the way that you work and who are going to be really sticky. Yes, that's right. And that's why that's, right. you, that's why you don't need a lot of clients is because the ones that you get, you keep. So you don't need to keep getting more and more and more clients. No, exactly. I mean, yeah, you just don't lose people unless they, well, online, if they move away, it doesn't really matter. If they move into a different time zone, it's a problem. Like I have Mm. one student who's moved out of the time zone, just can't do it at two in the morning, but nobody's leaving because they're just getting a lot out of it. Mm. And then for the, for the, for your students that what you advocate is a brick and mortar model. If, well, if they want to do bricks and mortar, right? So, I mean, you know, mm. I think one of the things that's been freaking amazing about the last couple of years is is now people have the power to set up their own online business. You know, like you can finish your training, your teacher certification, and like next week be, have your own business, you know, spending mm, virtually mm. nothing. Um, so this is amazing. So, uh, but then if people want to have an in-person brick and mortar model, you recommend they either, you know, sort of make over their garage or their, you know, some room that in their space in their place that's big enough to have like six clients in it at the at the one time, mm. um, or mm-hmm. they hire some room in the local church hall, or you know go and get some really inexpensive office space on a back street somewhere that's got no street frontage on the third floor or something, because people yes. you're not going to get walk by trade. People are coming through Google, and then you you set up a Google. Uh, optimized website and that sounds fancy but all it is it just says hi I'm Jean I'm I'm in Hawthorne and I can help you with your yes. back pain mm, mm, mm. Um, yeah you don't have to do a lot and it actually you know, I've, I've helped lots of people um, of my students do this and they get clients so they just get them when mm. I was in Hawthorne I was getting one email a week from completely random people saying can I do a private with you right. from my website and that's all you need right because each one of those people like I don't know what your, what your close rate or whatever, but, you know, out of every three or four of those people who email you month, like one or two or three become permanent clients. That's right. right? That's and so right. after three months, you're full. <laughs> you don't need any more. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, when I decided to do this, I, I said, okay, in six months, I want to have, you know, 10 clients or I can't remember that I wanted 10 to have six a week or something, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't do it every week. And it happened within three months. I had what I was going for. It was quite astounding, really. Mm. Is there anything else you want to share? Um, oh, what did I say? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think the main thing is with all of it is kind of what we said, which was, you know, just being confident in what you have to offer people and being clear about what you have to offer and not feeling like you need to chase people because when you come from that and that you're so clear about how much you want to earn per hour and don't accept less like when people ask for discounts don't give it you know <laughs> that's the thing because it's basically the more confident you are and you say this is what I can do and this is how I can help you it just people like that they want to go to somebody that they feel is they can trust because that person yeah. is being honest and has can do what they say essentially yeah hundred so. um actually someone just dm'd me this morning on instagram uh and said oh you know do you guys do a discounts on the visualized anatomy course which we do which is 297 dollars?" and i said no we mm. don't and she was like okay mm. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she yeah, bought it. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, completely. Um, well, with um, this friend of mine who's I'm helping her with the training in China, people, you know, she's had someone say, "Can I have a discount?" And she's like, "No, <laughs> no, no, sorry, we don't. This is a really good quality training. We don't do any discounting." And um, and she said, "You know, why don't you just take a few days to think about it?" That's what she said to her. And then, of course, she rings back the next day. Okay, I'll do it. You yeah, know, great. Um, and I think, you know, I just want to touch on that really briefly, that kind of what you alluded to of people, not, uh, instructors, you know, feeling Mm. basically imposter syndrome, like, oh, who am I to charge this much or insist that people do these things or whatever. It's like, well, that's your fucking job. You know, Mm. like they're coming to you, those clients coming to you because they don't know how to solve their back pain or their whatever problem that you're helping them with. Right. They don't know. Right. You have to tell them that's what they're paying you for. Right. They're paying you to tell you what to do. Right. Mm, To tell them mm, what to mm. do. They don't know. Right. They might, they, they, now they'd like it if you told them, okay, you need to do nothing and I will do it all for you. It's not going to cost you anything and it's instant. Okay. And Mm -mm. it's going to 100% solve your problem. That would be perfect, right? But that's not reality. (laughs) So the reality is they're going to have to get off their ass and do some movement and they're going to have to commit to doing it regularly. They're going to have to do their homework and they're going to have to change some lifestyle habits and things like that. And so it's like, Mm. if they don't do that, they're not going to get the result, right? So completely. So it's, and, and like if you're listening to this, you know, we're speaking the truth here, right? You know, Pilates only works. When you do it, <laughs> yes, completely. You know, I can't remember my teacher. He's like, "It's my job to teach you what to do. It's your job to do it." You know, basically, right. that's it's your job to do it. And yeah, completely. And the thing is, people do feel that imposter syndrome, but they've paid good money for good training. They know their stuff. They're qualified in what they're doing. They should never feel imposter syndrome. It's okay to be what I call a beginner teacher. You know, it's okay to be in the first five years of teaching. You've got, you're not going to be an amazing, amazing teacher until you go through that beginner stage and you have to collect experience and you have to be exposed to people. And um, 
And it's, I think it's really important to learn very early on to flex your boundary muscles with payment and stuff because you, if you let that happen at the start, it's only going to continue yeah. as you as you progress. So I'm really hard on my students with you have to charge this and, you know, you, that's too, you can't do it for free and you can't just say, oh, well, I'm newly trained, so I'll just do it for free. I'm like, no, nah, don't do that. So, you know, it's, it's part of the journey of being a teacher is actually going through these stages, beginner to more experience, and then, wow, you know lots of stuff and you've helped lots of people. And so it doesn't make you less or more than any other teacher. It just means you're just up to that part of the process. Yeah. And if you're a beginner teacher, you know, if you'd only qualified three months ago, and, you know, do you believe that if a client, you know, if I, if I had back pain and I came to you, and I did three sessions a week, every single week for 12 weeks. And I just did, you just gave me a standard freaking workout, right? Just the mm-hmm. whole, like, you know, forward bending, backward bending, twisting, legs, arms, the whole, you know, just a normal, normal workout, right? Do you honestly mm. believe I would not be a fuckload better <laughs> after that? Completely, like, <laughs> completely. Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's not rocket surgery. If, if you're listening to this, you can already do it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's what you already know how to do, Right. And it really fucking works. And we've got fuckloads of evidence that says that people who just get moving and get stronger and get more flexible. Mm, go for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> so you absolutely will deliver a result, right? Three months yes. graduated or not, right? And you should charge accordingly. Exactly. And the whole thing with doing privates is you do get to see the results of what you're giving people, you know, when they come back the next week and they're like, yeah, I feel, you know, I didn't notice it yesterday or, Mm. you know, whatever it is, you get to see that in real time all the time. So you're gaining that experience constantly. And, um, and that person just really like the the client just likes to have someone that's working with them and focusing on them and they're going to get better also just because of that. So, you know, it's kind of like it's very rare, well, that somebody's not going to improve from just jo- joining that process. Yeah. So, and the more as a beginner teacher you realise that, the, the less fearful you can be around yeah. asking that of people. And you don't have to do anything magic, like just just them moving three times a week is yeah. going yeah. to do the trick. Completely, completely. This has been awesome, Jean. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for sharing this. Yeah, good talk. After two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist Rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible skill-based learning program, which means you keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So 
rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in our uh, link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.